The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you living a wellness lifestyle? What could it do for you? Join us today on the Wellness Lounge a step further and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson. Hello again, and thank you for tuning in to the Wellness Lounge a step further. I am always so humbled by the many of you who are listening in from around the world. And so I just want to say thank you, thank you to Canada and China, Thailand, France, Germany, Spain. I can go on and on, uh, but I'm, again, just humbled by the fact that uh, you all are following us and listening in. And we are Wellness Interactive. The signature brand is the Wellness Lounge. We're looking at at 14 South Orange Avenue in South Orange, New Jersey. And what we like to believe uh, we do is take it a step further. Um, this show is about bringing guests on that are doing amazing things and doing so much work uh, within their communities that, uh, who knows, they could be living right next door to you. So just uh, please engage with your communities. You never know what people might be able to uh, bring to you as that amazing experience. So before we ask our guests to come on, I just want to talk to you for a moment about um, the conversation we will have, which is about the millennials. And hmm, some of us may think the baby boomers are huge, and guess what? I am a baby boomer, and I, yeah, it's huge, almost 80 million baby boomers. But there are 92 millennials, 92 uh, million millennials, and uh, they are, some of them are living at home uh, with their parents, ages 18 to 34. Uh, the medium age for marriage is 30. Uh, this is all compliments of Goldman Sachs, by the way. And um, the ages are from 15 to 35. They're the largest group because they're the largest in the history of the United States because right now they surpass uh, the baby boomers. Um, let's, uh, just some other things. They're forcing companies to look at how they do business. The millennials will change the way we buy and sell. Uh, they've uh, grown up in a largely rapid age. I mean, it's so quick. And they're the group that uh, has experienced uh, all things technology. So, um, you know, they compare their prices a lot. Uh, they sh uh, definitely share their wellness apps. They're constantly tracking their trainers. And, you know, they're doing all these cool things that uh, we may not uh, even think about doing. So on that note, we're going to bring – a guest on who is 
awesome, and I get to say that, and who is dear to my heart as well. Uh, let me just give you a little background on Sheridan Watson. And uh, first of all, we're going to speak about the digital journalism, which uh, um, Sheridan knows so well. Uh, she's one of those millennials uh, who are being studied, as I just spoke about before, and um, they're full of contradictions, of course, and she's going to explain the youth and talk about uh, what it means to be a millennial and, and who she is, because she is also quite um, savvy and successful in this whole digital space of information. Um, it's a wired, connected world, as we know. So. Uh, Sheridan has been actively involved in multiple aspects of the entertainment, writing, and marketing industries. Her expertise lies in creative endeavors with extensive experience in the fashion, film, television production, and journalism industries. In addition, she can utilize iMovie, Final Cut Pro, Adobe Photoshop, InDesign, multiple social media sites, as well as all of Microsoft softwares to further her work. She worked as an editor-in-chief at Pose Magazine and Daily Trojan. Since August 2014, she was working full-time editorial position uh, at a couple of uh, news uh, feeds as a staff writer. She is also writing uh, and doing amazing work on a volunteer basis. While studying at USC, University of Southern California, she was the first African-American editor-in-chief of USC 100-year-old daily Trojan newspaper. She has traveled around the world as Tyra Banks' first fiercely real model for full-size women. Okay, please welcome Sheridan Watson. She just happens to be my lovely daughter. Be easy on me, Cher. Good morning. <laughs> you do this a lot better than me. Welcome. <laughs> We'll see. I'm excited. Oh, great, great. I'm so uh, uh, very happy and humbled that you got up so early out on the West Coast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, okay, I just want to kind of jump right in it. And um, obviously uh, I know much about you, but I, I don't know how you as a millennial really navigate your experience and and I don't even know if you like the word millennial but um I want to know um just more about uh your blueprint and how you began engaging in writing and how you kept this vision because most young people uh you all have many visions you know two or three and there's nothing wrong with it but it's just quite amazing that you were able to just uh, navigate this whole experience and create this blueprint. Uh, tell us about that. Let's go right to it because you're an amazing okay. writer. Sounds good. I mean, we can discuss a little bit later about my thoughts on the word millennial because I do have a lot of them. But basically, <laughs> I was lucky enough um, to kind of just know what I wanted to do ever since I was a little girl. And I think. It all stemmed from the fact that I really liked to tell stories. I really loved information. Um, I was reading all the time. I Once computers came out, because I do remember a time before Internet, really, um, (laughs) 
I was just really feasting on information and talking to people. And I was in middle school around the time that the internet became what it is now. And it was kind of interesting to be there when it was growing and constantly like we would go from school back to home, talking to the same people we had just talked to in school. <laughs> uh, cell phones came out. So you were talking to people nonstop. It was really this age of just constantly communicating with others and constantly getting more and more information. You didn't have to wait and go to the bookstore anymore. <laughs> you had it at your fingertips. Um, and so growing up with this kind of situation, I was just really intrigued by it. And I always wanted to know more and I always wanted to share more. Um, mm. I went to USC as a film major uh critical studies, so more of the theory, history behind film. Um, and I kind of stumbled into the newspaper. One of my roommates was an editor there, and she was like, you should write for me. And so I walked in, and then I just kind of didn't leave for three years. That's what I usually <laughs> tell people. And I eventually became editor-in-chief. And it, it wasn't really... A, formal decision of mine. I tell people all the time, I never had to go through that. What do I want to do in life? I knew it was writing in some capacity because the great thing about being a writer is that you have so much flexibility. Whether mm -hmm. that means if today I would like to write an article and tomorrow I'd like to sit in a coffee shop and write a screenplay, I can do that. And that's something that I've always treasured about my profession is that it's very difficult to get bored in a job where you're constantly changing with the times, constantly needing to do new things. Wow. Wow. You sound so much like a millennial. I love this. I love it. <laughs> so I just want to go back uh, for a moment uh, to mm -hmm. middle school. And it, it's so yeah. amazing that you're very clear on when this transition happened. And I think that's the gift or or the amazing space that you all are in being young people, that you can almost <laughs> do a photocopy of transitioning into something. And so when you were in middle school and the whole Internet started to, or you started to embrace the Internet and the communication process that you spoke about uh, with friends and everyone, how do you think, uh, or, or where do you think everyone else was in that space? Was it just, uh, you being excited about it, but or do you think everyone was excited about the idea that we can exchange and communicate with uh, the Internet and we can do all these things? Um, uh, but, I mean, were they excited or did they even know what they had in a sense? I know you can't speak for right. everyone. I'm just thinking about just the group, that right. group. Well, we can maybe talk a little bit now about my disdain for the term millennials and the only reason why I don't like it is because baby boomers I believe are considered between the years 1946 and like 1964 that's a very small amount of time in a time in our history where yes there was change but not the severe amount of change we have now if you look in the past 10 years from 2005 to 2015, we've had 
a crazy amount of change. Just the use of cell phones and internet and hybrid cars and all of that. And so when you're grouping so many millions of kids together in a period of time that's longer than two years nowadays, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) I would think millennials would make sense if you were doing a three to four year period. But I, I know from people who were born three years younger than me, it's been a huge adjustment for me to try to figure out their lives and how their <laughs> high school experience was because it was very different. Whereas my older sister, she's only two years older than me in school, and we had very similar experiences. And so right. I think it's just showing just how much everything is changing. Comparatively to 1946, where the baby boomers started being born, you could have been born in 1946 or 1960, 1963, and have the same experience growing <laughs> up, the same amount of stuff kind of happening each year. Right. Oh, wow. Nowadays, where... I mean, I, one of my friend's younger sisters is 17, and sometimes when she talks, I have no idea what she's saying. <laughs> and I'm only five years older than her, and yet it feels like there's a bigger generational divide. Um, wow. So looking back at middle school, I know for myself, um, like I said, it was this huge exchange of information, and I do agree that the people in my grade would say the same thing. Um, I was kind of coming of age in the time of AOL chat rooms and really early HTML, and <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't as big as it is now. But all I had to do was look from my time in sixth grade to my time in ninth grade, and how much the internet changed in that small period of time. So I can't even wow, imagine. That's an excellent point were... because even AOL, you guys right now would think, oh gosh, AOL, no. That's what. Yeah, absolutely the... not. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. But look at, but that's amazing to me. I, I remember specifically sophomore year of high school and people being like, oh, you still have AOL? It's all about Gmail now. And so I had to get a Gmail account. <laughs> and that was in four years. So I. <laughs> You can't even imagine. We're literally living in a time where everything is changing every day. And not just small changes, not just a new car model here, a new <laughs> wire there. It's huge changes. And I think a lot of it has to do with Silicon Valley and how many companies are coming out of there. Um, and so that's with millennials, I think we do need to break it up because it's unfair to lump people who were born over this 10 year period specifically because it's just so different day to day. Wow. I think, oh my gosh, that's, that's just excellent. You're, I, I never thought about that. Uh, and, and it's just amazing <laughs> observation mm-hmm. because I'm reading statistics from Goldman Sachs, and, I mean, they're excellent. I, I think it's wonderful. But when you speak as, uh, well, you are a millennial, that's what they're calling you, I so hear what you're talking about because watching uh, how, uh, as you just mentioned, how society and how just the, the goods that we, we purchase or the things that uh, you all do, 
I mean, oh my gosh, yours, your, what you do is advancing so quickly, like you said, like almost every four years. And so this is one of the issues that they're speaking about. How do we, um, uh, companies and, and corporations get prepared for you all? But what I'm hearing is that, are you kidding? Get prepared. You're already in it. It's changing every day and every four years, and it's unfair to lock 15-year-olds in, in with uh, 30 years old and 35 and 22. Gosh, mm-hmm. I love that observation. That's absolutely excellent, Sharon. Um, so I just want to speak uh, a moment about um, uh, just sharing in general because we, of course, want to get to a lot of uh, uh, information and news and how that's received by you all. But, um, you know, I, I want to go back again because I, I just remember, and I want to thank you for this, absolutely. I remember uh, one day walking in and you uh, and your friends, you had brought over, all your friends brought over all these beautiful pieces of, garments <laughs> and you guys were actually this is in high school sharing swapping out or something there was a name for it but you said to me but you know mom if we're not going to use things or wear things we swap them out and we share was that do you recall that and was that a beginning yeah. of, of something uh so new that i had no clue to i mean because it happens I now mean, quite frequently even the way you all right. shop, everything is sharing I honestly, I don't know how I heard about that, but I think we were just, it was a time when we were going to leave for college. And I mean, nowadays with fast fashion, I could get into the history of it, but I don't want to bore anyone. Um, I think it would be great because it's all about the millennials. We we want uh, to know more of the information. You certainly have experienced so much uh, in such a short time. Well, one huge marker I think of I guess our the millennial culture um is the idea of speed. And so what that is it? Really, the idea of speed. We want fast internet, fast cell phones, and I think that has come even into our shopping experience. Um with brands like H and M and Forever Twenty One um, they're extremely low quality, but it, we call it fast fashion. It's because you the stores are restocked every few days. I could walk in right now and buy something. I could walk in three days later, and it's a completely new setup. And so I think my generation has become so accustomed to change, to watching a new TV show every day, uh, wow. to talking to a new person every day, uh, visiting a new site every day, that even in our daily life, when we're not online shopping and we're physically going into a store, um, we'll always need something new. You have to keep our attention going. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's very scary (laughs) if you own a business. Oh, my God. Um, But because of that, brands like H&M have done very well because, they know just keep it different, do it a lot, it'll be fine, low cost. Um, but how that affects us is that a lot of times we just buy stuff we don't need because we're like, oh, that's oh. $6. I'm just oh, that's it. not it's good. Not gonna look, 
yeah, it's not going to look good on me, but like it's $6. It's a steal. Um, and so I know with my group of friends, we have a bunch of things in our closet that we were just like, why would we ever buy these? Wow. And so we decided amazing. to swap it. That's amazing. So hold that thought for a moment. Um, uh, we're going to have to break for a commercial. Okay. You know, I, before we the break, we something's interesting about uh, H&M. We actually, at the United Nations Association uh, uh, annual dinner, we gave the award to the CEO of um, H&M because of sustainability. So I'd love to figure out more or talk more about um, maybe the clothing uh, or products that you're using if the companies uh, are focused on sustainability, maybe it's not so bad. I don't know. But we shall return in a moment. We're speaking to Sheridan Watson, and she's enlightening us and uh, just in, embracing our wow for millennials. We can't wait to continue the conversation, so stay with us. Thank you for listening in. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Domestic violence and abuse are experienced by both men and women in everyday life. If you have experienced abuse, know that you're not alone on your journey. Listen for Abuse Survival Stories presents I Reclaim My Voice with co-hosts Reese Zigazaga and Denise Watkiss. We'll speak with survivors who have emerged safe and victorious and who are passionate about helping others reclaim their voices. Tune in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Spiritual transcendence unfolds when we fully align with body, mind, and soul. Then, transcend darkness into light. Each week, make transcendence, wellness through awareness, part of your life. Join host Jessica Allstrom and her guests as we explore your spiritual education and powerful tools in order to help you live your most joyful and prosperous life. You'll want to be here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks for tuning in again. We are speaking with Sheridan Watson. She's an amazing journalist, uh, writer, of course, uh, just an amazing millennial. And she doesn't like that very much, but that's what we're talking about today. But I so get why you don't like the millennial. She's the name millennial because, uh, as uh, you heard, she's clarified a few things for us that society, our economy, everything is moving so quickly. How can you take a large group of, of 92 million and bunch them together where there's, uh, you know, an age difference and, and uh, four years and things have jumped 
so quickly. So uh, we're going to just welcome you back, Sheridan, and enlighten us a little more. So I want to go just to one other um, topic when we talk about buying and, and purchasing and, you know, all of that. Um, it says millennials will change the way we buy and sell because of the fact we're growing up into this rapid uh, uh, change. So we were speaking about H&M, which uh, really supports the fact of um, what the U.S. Census is saying, and this is coming from Goldman Sachs as well, that uh, you all don't really – you're not that excited about luxury goods. I mean, you get them, but you can do without if – you know, you can do without buying a car. You can do without, you know, buying music and all these luxury items. Because I'm thinking, and if you can enlighten us a bit, you have access to so many, I, I don't know, so many other ways to uh, get in a car, I guess, Uber, you know, or music, downloaded, luxury items, you, you switch out with friends. I don't know. Enlighten us a bit about that. Um, well, I'm very happy to be born kind of in the age that I was. Um, I It's exciting. It's new. Every day is different. But I will say a problem with my generation, I think, is perhaps too much access to things. Um, to touch on kind of what you said, there are just so many options, so many choices. And when you have that much to deal with, it's very hard to hone a skill or figure out a great way to do things. I was just talking about it with my friends the other day. I was like, what do people do before, like, maps on phones? Like, how did I get places? And I realized that you had to figure it out. You had to have a map in your car and look at it. And... You know, I I wouldn't say I would would want to go back to that time because that sounds just like stressful and difficult when I could just get a computerized voice to tell me where to go. But at the same time, it got me thinking how just these small little things that are going to affect the generation in a big way because we won't know how to do things for ourselves anymore. Um, wow. We're living in an age where a lot of stuff is done for us. Mm. And so the people are always confused. They're like, oh, this generation is so lazy, or they think they're entitled. And I'm like, yeah, because we literally, like, have everything brought to us at a certain right. point. Um, right. You know, so, yeah. mm-hmm. go ahead, Han. I was, uh, was going to say, just, like, when you have that much happening, that much going on, uh, that many options, it's going to be confusing for a lot of kids. They're it's very hard to react to one thing when a thousand things are being shoved in your face. Yeah, which brings me to, um, Sheridan, um, on a sadder note, which it brings me to uh, uh, something happening. um, uh, A young man, 22 years old, uh, committed suicide. And that probably happens every day, I get that. But this uh, young man... Oh my gosh, he, he went to one of the top schools in the country and, uh, I think he graduated from UPenn and, uh, he was at one of the investment firms and, 
you know, they, they said that uh, he really, he was only 22. He says, no, I can't do this. He just wanted to shut down and said, I can't do this. But somehow he left and he came back. So there are a lot of discussions going on now with parents because that, too, is a big worry for us, that you all have access to so much. And then you find a job, and you're, you're happy for, that your child has a job, but you're hoping that the person or the people that are in charge of uh, uh, making your life uh, uh, be, you know, really accommodating to, to society – in other words, you can't get a bull in there with a 22-year-old trying to press them to do a thousand things when you all have ex- been exposed to a thousand things prior to work, probably. And I'm, you know, I'm just uh, hypothetically speaking. But um, talk a, a, a bit about your dream job for not just for you, but for young people now. Doesn't matter if you're in investment; you could be. It, ideally, if you're at Google, you know you have a great dream job, or even for that matter, BuzzFeed. You know, people, they're, they're great spaces to create for young people nowadays. It, it, it almost has to be. What's your opinion on that? Um, I've always been part of the kind of do what you love camp. At times, it sounds so hackneyed, it's just so cliche, but it's true because. I'm someone who truly believes if you're doing what you love to do, it won't feel like work, and it'll it's better for society in general. Um, I think too many times kids nowadays are pressured into certain things. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the internet and things like Facebook and Instagram, where you're constantly comparing yourself to other people's lives. So you're constantly thinking that your situation in your life is not good enough because it doesn't get as many likes as this other person on Facebook or Instagram. And because of that, we're very competitive in nature. And so we've done a lot of kind of leaving what we want to do on the wayside, just hoping whatever job, whether that's being a doctor or a banker or an artist. And, you know, there are plenty of people who are talented artists, but maybe they want to be a banker and they've been pressured into being an artist because everyone's been telling them how great of an artist they are. And they think, oh, wow, instead of doing what I truly love, like banking, I should be an artist because I'm good at that. And it's the same vice versa. People who are bankers because they feel like that's the job they're supposed to do. Or they attended school for banking. Is there any way that you think you can, um, one can identify that in a work environment? Like, what's your ideal work environment or boss? I mean, because I'm thinking of this kid who went to school, to your point, went to school for banking, and, yeah, maybe he, he really wanted to do something else. He obviously left the job and then came back again, uh, but still could not do it. And is there any way to kind of recognize that, not only within yourself, but also a boss or, or your superior to recognize uh, uh, young people that are just not in the right space they should be in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you can't tell anyone else kind of what their dreams are and how to live their lives. But um, a lot of it has to do with being secure with yourself. Um, I have plenty of friends who are constantly second-guessing themselves, and I can't just easily say, oh, go on a yoga retreat and, like, find yourself. Like, this isn't eat, pray, love. I'm not going to have you go off for three months (laughs) to, like, discover what you want to be in life. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with parenting. Um, I happen to be lucky with my parents who are very open about <laughs> your dreams and not because I know so many people whose parents were like, what? You want to be a writer? Okay. No, that's not going to pay your bills. Um, and instead of that, I really, I had parents who were, um, who thought if that's going to make you happy, go ahead and do it, figure it out. And that's an amazing thing. And I think that's a lot of what it has to do because if kids, Kids, mostly when they're growing up, especially millennials, are under an intense amount of pressure um, a lot of times from their parents. And so if they hear from their parents, follow your passion, that's going to make them feel way better about whatever it is they want to do. Mm. You can't really force the decision of what you want to do. You kind of figure it out. And I know people who have... Career changes at forty, at fifty, and <laughs> that's that. true. I don't, I don't think there's such a thing as a wasted time. I know a lot of people. That's what they stress out about. They might go to law school and then be like, "Oh, but I want to be a doctor, but I wasted all that time, so I'm just going to be a lawyer." And whenever I kind of hear that, I always think um, of a very different situation. In Norway, where my husband is from, one of his friends went to law school and then decided she didn't want to be a lawyer, so now she's in business school. And I just thought that was so amazing. And a lot of it is because in Norway, education is free. So she was able to have that option. She knew that she didn't want to be a lawyer after a few years in law school and decided to do what she really loves. There's that flexibility there. Oh, Um, I love Norway. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and there's also a flexibility in terms of uh, every job being seen as being good enough. We live in a crazy country as much as I love America, but... People are just so judgmental about everything. Uh, Like, oh, you work as a waitress. Okay. Oh, you do this. Oh, you do that. But in Norway, waitressing, working at a coffee house is seen as a totally normal, great job that you could pay your bills on and your kids can still go to college and you Mm -hmm. can still live in a nice house. Right, right. So, yeah, you're so right that uh, to your point about – us uh, being uh, so just judgmental, Americans being so judgmental, or society. So it brings me to the fact that um, we, of course, uh, have a huge platform for uh, a huge media platform and news. And I think it's uh, how we receive information. Uh, do you see any of that changing for you all, for the millennials? Because, uh, you know, uh, social media 
and uh, print media. Print media is sort of dying out, but they're on social media now. And so you can pop up anything at any time saying, I should be a size two, or I should be, you know, have a, a different color hair, or you should not be a waitress, you should be some mega superstar, whatever. So talk more about how we process or receive information. Um, and do you uh, think it, it should be different for the future? Because it is going to change. Because, you know, every, as you've mentioned before, every four years, everything is changing. Right. Um, I will definitely say that for all the successes the Internet has brought in terms of information, um, excitement, progression, it just as much as awful stuff have happened because of the internet. <laughs> That's I mean, true, unfortunately. As someone, yeah, who works on the internet for the living, there are some like truly horrible things and horrible people who will say the most horrible, horrible words. And you don't really know why they do it. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the issue of being anonymous on the internet so no one can see you you're behind the screen and because of that it's given a sort of bulletproof vest if you'll say against certain things if you go walking down the street yelling expletives and telling people how much you hate a certain group of people you're gonna get arrested you're gonna get looked at you're gonna get yelled at um, but if you do it on the internet, no one knows who you are, so you kind of feel invincible in that way. And so what's happened with my generation is that while we can swap ideas and information and I can keep in contact with my best friends in New York while I'm in L.A. throughout all hours of the day, there are truly horrible people who are also connecting online um, with blogs ranging from talking about how a size four is fat or how, oh, yeah, exactly. So it's when, when you kind of see all of these things happening, you're wondering how can we fix this? And it's very hard to do that because I remember reading a story and it was about a woman who discovered that her husband was in internet troll and he literally spent his time uh like anonymously messaging people on tumblr telling them to commit suicide oh my and god he was he was to and like young girls usually but he was totally normal he was they were married for 10 years they had a child and oh, the appearance of being to totally normal right exactly and yeah. that's the scary part it's it's people, like, I mean, sometimes they have the kind of hackneyed trope of living in their mother's basement and whatnot, but a lot of times these people are just walking around the street, totally normal, and then they kind of come home and use the internet as a way to hurt other people. Oh my so I God. think for oh millennials, God. it's really difficult because for some, it is seen as an outlet. You can't say these things in public, and so... It's like getting a weight off of your chest, but right, exactly. Most of Hold the time, that for one second, Sheridan. Yeah. We're going to break for a commercial and okay. come back. And oh my gosh, you're enlightening us so much about the millennials. Thank you, thank you for sharing all this uh, 
great information. And you, of course, uh, you are a millennial, so you can definitely share, and you're a journalist. Oh, my gosh. Can't wait to uh, have more conversation with Sheridan Watson. Stay tuned. Stay with us. We shall return in a moment. Thanks. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. What makes you a success? Is it your business or career? Is it your family and social life? How do you achieve the next level in your success? Tune in to Infinite Success Radio with host Rachel O'Brien Eddy. Rachel and her amazing guests are here to encourage, inspire, and empower you to take control of your destiny and achieve the level of success you were born to reach. How do ordinary people become extraordinary? Find out with Infinite Success Radio, broadcasting live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks again for joining us, Sheridan. I am so humble that I have my quite... uh, really uh, amazing daughter. I get to say that now because you truly are. Sheridan Watson is uh, a journalist, and she's enlightening us on on, uh, the millennial generation. And I think you've empowered many uh, to know more about that space you live in. So I just want to um, just really find out what your take is on um, where you see news in the future and how you all may receive it, the 92 million, because I don't know that anybody's figured it out because it keeps changing. Right now, we have many outlets, many ways of uh, receiving information. But um, to your point, you spoke about the Internet and anonymous and I'm just wondering if there's not a, is there a space where mature adults like us uh, uh, or like myself can find all of the wonderful uh, uh, things that you all are doing as well? I mean, and I don't know where that would take, (laughs) where this would go, but I'm just saying when I hear you, you speak about these, these, people that are living lives, they're married and they have kids, and then they're on the Internet uh, using it as their pastime in the evenings. Is that 
something that can be changed in the future socially? Like maybe perhaps there needs to be more for the older generation. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I'm always very wary of kind of thinking about the future just because, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if someone would have told you growing up that in a couple of decades you would be able to order food from your phone and take <laughs> pictures on it and carry this phone around and it would last you 12 hours a day and your life would basically be glued to it, you would say, <laughs> What are you talking about? That's ridiculous. Um, I was even thinking about it the other night at dinner. I my phone fell underneath the table and I like couldn't grab it right away and I was literally freaking out, acting as if like one of my fingers had fallen off. <laughs> and I realized how attached I've become to it. Um, and so this is my normal now. I can't imagine how in a few years something new and bigger will come out that none of us saw coming. I know when Snapchat first came out, um, no one really saw what the allure was. Same with Tinder. And now it's the biggest thing. It's, so can you explain those two just for a moment? Yeah. Um, well, my last couple of years of college, Snapchat and Tinder are these two uh, apps that kind of came out. Um, I mean, I think Snapchat or Tinder was actually made by USC alumni, which is cool. Um, mm. But Tinder is basically a dating service, but specifically for your phone. And you get photos of people who are within a certain radius of you. And you swipe left if you don't think they're attractive or you don't think you would connect with them. And then you swipe right if you do. Um, there's not that you don't fill out any questionnaires though. All you do is uh, put what's your age limit of what you'd be interested in. So it's very it's done on a very superficial level, but people are very into it because it's easy, it's fast. You just swipe for to talk to someone. Oh, um, and then with Snapchat, you can send photos to people and you set how much time they can see them for. It could be one second, it could be 15 seconds, and after that time, it disappears. So wow. it's, I don't, it's gotten yeah, very popular. I use it sometimes, but... Um, a lot of people use it. They're like, it's for all those embarrassing photos that, like, you don't want out there. And I'm mostly like, well, I'll send a photo of, like, my zit normally to my friends. I don't need Snapchat <laughs> to have it. Oh, my God. Um, and so, but I was just thinking about a time before these two things that have become so huge. Same with Instagram. Um, Facebook is a bit of a different story because Facebook started as a desktop and a laptop uh, company. And though I believe most of their traffic is now on mobile, um, it did, I really associate it with computers. Um, as, but with Snapchat and Instagram and Tinder, those were literally made for the phone. So with news, um, after that long rant, um, I really, 
I, I, I have no idea where it's going. I mean, we're at <laughs> right. Well, so tell us about oh. news. Are you all uh, actually connected to real news? I mean, do you do you see the millennials uh, wanting to know what's going on in the world? It does say that you all are more uh, politically empowered or enlightened uh, about politics now. So uh, I don't know what. Uh, how do you? You all receive your news. Um, I am a bit of a different story because I write and read the news for a living. So oh, right, right, right. <laughs> however I can. Um, I think we're different from, no different from any other generation. Some people are really politically active. Some people are more into human rights. Some people are more into fashion. Um, and so they're going to obviously be drawn to those specific things. In my ideal world, I would love for everyone to try to know a little bit of everything, but, you know, not everyone's, like, interested in the Syrian genocide, and I have to accept that. Um, (laughs) And so what I find is that with my generation, when because there's so much information out there, when someone is interested in one thing, they kind of go at it 110%. My friends who are into sports, they're constantly connected. Uh, They live in a generation where they can find out the score of any basketball game while they're out to dinner at the touch of a button. They don't have to be home. They don't have to wait until the newspapers tell them. (laughs) For my friends who are into fashion, no longer do they have to wait for, you know, photos from the spring fashion show, they can watch it live on their computers because Burberry is sending it out over on their website. So how we get information is basically a lot more of it and a lot faster. But I think that's what is causing some problems maybe in the journalism field is that we're constantly trying to produce more and more and more content. And because of that, our quality might not be as good as it once was. Uh, when you become so obsessed with getting more and more and more, um, mm-hmm. it's difficult to try to keep up with that. Um, and you find a lot of times of, you know, venerable news sources, it's, there's no way you could fact check a story Mm-hmm. in a half an hour, and so it's going to be filled with problems. Um, uh, so. Right. You want, because you, and you want to get that story out, so you're, you're just going to, you know, use, a, use the time you have, an hour, a half right. hour. I mean, we need to get this out, and then we'll apologize later. Or, you know. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So or that's like, so hope true. no one notices. So, yeah. so tell us uh, how you engage uh, personally. I mean, not just you don't have to tell us everything, but what would what's your top few resources? Or I mean, you're connected socially, but I, I don't know that you're connected socially because you just want to say hi. I mean, I think you've used it now uh, more. Uh, to promote some really substantial articles that you've been writing and things. Or, I don't know, maybe you are just connecting socially. I don't really see that now with you. Is that something that is uh, that you 
have changed or you see more of being on social media where you're talking um, about your you're talking more about the value of your day or your profession right. or your family and so on. I I mean, you just have to see kind of how Facebook has stuck around over the past few years. Um, when I was in middle school, it was all about MySpace, and by high school, MySpace was absolutely obsolete. Um, you, no one has it anymore, really, and it's because its purpose kind of used up with Facebook. I feel like got us hopping a little bit. Yeah. But I Only because your parents it. are on it, right? <laughs> well, yeah, they started because the parents. They say that all the parents are on it, so most of you all are moving away from it. Well, yeah, it started out as just Harvard, and then the Ivy League, and then um, you know the top colleges, and then they opened it up to certain high schools. So there was this kind of like exclusiveness about Facebook that was exciting for people. I know I had to be invited to it by a classmate in order to sign up. Um, but it's not that that's the problem with Facebook for me. It's just it's become a lot in terms of ads everywhere, mm. sponsored content. Um, it's less about your friends, which is fine, but <laughs> you just have to kind of know what it's there for. I still love Facebook to check in with people. I mean, I don't have everyone's cell phone numbers. I don't text with uh, random sorority sisters from college. So it's nice to be able to use Facebook as a means of keeping in touch. I have friends from all over the world that I can keep in touch with um, without racking up my phone bill, which is nice. <laughs> but I, I use How about Twitter? Facebook just for that. Twitter, I know people who are heavily involved in Twitter. I'd say people who love Twitter tend to be uh, on the older side of millennials, definitely um, like late 20s, early 30s. I see a lot of them active in it. I'm not particularly active on Twitter. I mean, sometimes I try, but um, you really have to have no filter, I feel like. And uh, that's, that's a problem. I think for a lot of people, just because they might think in that moment what they're saying is really funny or witty, but they don't see how it can be read. What I don't appreciate about Twitter is that it's, it's like it's out there once it's out there. I mean, sure, you can delete it, but someone has seen it. And so <laughs> let me ask you because, for a moment uh, about uh, just books in general, because you've always loved uh, books and reading. You know, the publishing uh, uh, world is suffering a little with people aren't just picking up books anymore. Where do you see that space? Or uh, are you enjoying your books uh, online now or, you know, Kindle and so forth? No, no. Are you no. going I, into bookstores and picking them up? Because I know yeah. how much you love that. I hate reading books on an iPad or on a Kindle. Oh, no, that's because you did so much when you were younger. Oh, you know, you like reading books, but you don't like reading them on an iPad or a Kindle. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I thought you said you hate mind. reading books. I was going to say, oh, no, you no, lost no, that. No, no. no you don't, don't want to write, read them on an iPad or a Kindle. Okay. I'm so glad I got that in. <laughs> so tell people uh, where they can find you if they want to connect with you, because unfortunately, this is the end. We're getting to the end. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I am on Twitter and Instagram um, at I am Sheridan W. So S H E R I D A N W. And yeah, follow yeah, me. Sometimes I tweet. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I am so uh, honored that uh, you shared all of this information with us and uh and i love you dearly as always uh thanks again sweetie for tuning in uh, to the world to enlighten us no problem at all okay take care please tune in next week we have another amazing uh guest on thanks look forward to your listening in next week thank you Thanks so much for joining us this week for the Wellness Lounge. A step further, please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or our replay Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life.